We're continuing our studies in the things that Jesus said, looking out of uh, Luke chapter number 8 today. We will also refer to Matthew 13, which is the same event, same thing that Jesus said, with just a few extra added words for our understanding. Luke chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 13 for our text this morning. When I think back to high school, there was a teacher had a lot of influence on me. He was a music teacher, and I loved music. His name was Hans Pilo. And I played in his bands. He encouraged me to work hard and practice. And we also played music outside of school together in the Batavia City Band and in Brockport College Band. I learned a lot about music from Mr. Pilo. But there came a day when he was offered a job in another school... We all hated to see him leave our school, but we were glad he got another better opportunity. So he went off to teach in Byron Bergen School. But I was also his neighbor, so we stayed in contact. And I still remember the day he told me that he was going to offer a new course at his school in music theory. I asked him what he was going to teach. His answer was exactly this. I am going to teach how to accompany yourself on the piano using the one, four, five chords. That's all he said. And I really wished that I could attend his class, but he was in another school and it wasn't possible for me to take his course. But I really wanted to learn how to accompany myself on the piano but I didn't have a teacher. So I decided that if you want something bad enough, you could try to learn it without a teacher. So I sat down at the piano and I tried to figure it out, just like Mr. Pilo said. He said, you take one and go up to four and five and then one. And he said, you can build a chord with all I went, sat down at the old piano we had at my house, and I played it for three hours a day. I taught myself how to play the piano. And then I bought a book of Beatles music, I started accompanying myself on the piano and singing Beatles songs. When I went to college, they offered a course in music theory, and I signed up right away, and the teacher taught me about two chords and seven chords and three chords, and I was off and running. But so it was, Mr. Pilo planted a seed with one sentence, and the seed grew. Other people watered the seed, and I learned to play the piano. In the end, Mr. Pilo came to this church, and we played music together again right up to the end. And I told him, I said, it's all your fault. (laughs) You taught a class I couldn't attend, so I had to learn it by myself. But it was Mr. Pilo who planted that seed in my mind. In our text today, we will listen in as Jesus talks about planting seeds. Now always remember, Jesus was the best communicator that ever lived. And one of the ways he used to teach 
was to tell a story. A story about everyday normal life experiences. Things like baking bread or children playing games, or buried treasure, or going to a wedding, or planting seeds. And he told these normal stories, things that everybody could relate to, and then he used the story as an example of a spiritual truth about God and God's kingdom. We call those stories now parables, and sometimes we say it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now with these stories, Jesus painted pictures in your mind, and then he taught you to learn a lesson from those pictures that he painted in your mind. So let's listen first as Jesus paints this picture in our minds. Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse number 5. Luke chapter 8, verse number 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it, and some fell upon a rock. As soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, and others fell on good ground, and it sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he... (coughs) And said these things, he cried, He that has ears to hear, and let him hear. And I look over in Matthew as he tells the same story, and he adds one word. He says, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and he sowed some seeds fell by the wayside. And so we're going to think now, in those days, of course, there's no tractors and planters. All the work was done by hand. And after a field was plowed and prepared, a man uh, put seed in a basket that hung around his neck. And he grabbed a handful of seeds and he threw them out across the field. And Jesus said, sometimes the sower threw a little bit too hard and a few seeds landed way out in the road. And the birds came and ate up those seeds right away. And some of the seeds went to the edge of the field where there were rocks. And then some of the seeds went over where there was some thorns and thistles growing. He said those seeds sprouted, but they didn't grow well. But the seed that landed on the well-plowed soil sprouted and grew up. And it made a good crop. When the crop was harvested, for every seed planted, there was a hundred more seeds harvested. A good crop. Now when Jesus told his disciples that story, they all nodded their heads. They'd all seen farmers sowing seed, flinging it out over the field. It was a common sight in Israel. They all could picture it in their minds. But then they asked Jesus, so what does this mean? And thankfully, Jesus explained the spiritual meaning behind the earthly story. So let's see what it all means. I'm at Luke chapter 8 now, looking at verse 11. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. So there you have it. The seed is, the number one lesson is that the seed is the Word of God. We call it the Bible. How do we look at the Bible? As a historical book, 
Well, it's a whole lot more than that. It's a seed that when you plant it, it grows. You take it into your heart and it develops and it grows. It germinates inside of your heart and inside of your mind. How does a seed get into your heart? Someone plants it there, a sower. And that, my friends, is my job. I stand behind this pulpit every week planting seeds. And I throw them out there hoping they'll grow. Now, let me ask you a question. Did you ever open the Bible and read it and say, wow, I don't know what that means. I just don't understand what I read. Did you ever do that? I'm glad. I'm glad. You should all be nodding your heads, all right? Everybody should be nodding your head. Lots of times, sure. For me, too. I've done it hundreds of times. The Bible is not a book that you can use for light reading. It deals with God and with sin and with salvation and with life and correction and instruction. And it's full of wisdom. And the casual reader will not be able to absorb it. And so for me, the preacher, I have a responsibility to make it easy to understand, to explain it. To do my best to make it as clear and plain as I possibly can. To use simple words. To use plain language. To find everyday examples to help you all understand. I always tell a story about my life. Stories about mom and dad and Uncle Ed and Mr. Pilo. (laughs) Something out of everyday life experiences. And then I go on to the Bible to explain it to describe it, to point out the main truth, I absolutely must do my best to explain the Bible in such a way so that you will understand what it says. And if I fail, you don't understand. It's my fault. Every Sunday and Tuesday, we read it together verse by verse. I explain it verse by verse. I do everything in my power to help you to understand. I am a sower of seed. And the seed is the word of God. And mine is a great responsibility. And I take it very seriously. But here's the real question. Will everybody understand? Can you make everybody understand? understand. No, I'm afraid not. Even Jesus couldn't do that. So Jesus goes on to explain that some people will hear it, and yet they do not understand it. Luke chapter 8, now verse 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now I look back at Matthew 13 for the same passage, verse number 18. Hear ye the parable of the sower. Anyone that heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one 
and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. So there you are. You're here. You listen to the sermon, but you don't understand it. Now what? Well, you're going to do three things. You grab your bulletin, and you write on the back, and you say, Eric, I didn't understand what you said. What did you mean? And you fold up your bulletin, and you throw it in the offering box in the back. And I will answer your question in an adult Sunday school class. Or you can just come right up to me and say, what did you mean when you said that? And I'll answer you as best I can. Or you can call me on the phone and ask me to explain it. I have all three of those things happening to me all the time. And I try to explain it better whenever I can. But that's not what Jesus is describing here. Jesus said some people hear the word of God explained and they don't understand it. And then they go home and they eat lunch. And after lunch, if you ask them, what was the sermon about today? They'll say, I can't remember. Jesus explains what happened. He said, there's that seed. It's meant to grow. It's meant to develop in your heart. And the devil says, I don't want that seed to grow in your heart. So, let's just remove it altogether. Like a bird, he comes and steals the seed. The last thing the devil wants you to do is understand. That's the last thing he wants. He steals the seed away, and it's gone from your mind. Now, of course, it could be you're not interested in the first place. <laughs> I had a fellow once here, and uh, if I said, let's all turn to Genesis, which is in the front of the Bible, he would hold his Bible up as far as he could get in the back of the Bible so I could see that he was not reading what I was reading. <laughs> He just didn't really want to listen. And another fellow told me once, everything you say, I already know it. <laughs> he used to pick up his kids on Friday nights after Friday night's kids night, and I'd go down to say hello to him in the car. He was so drunk he could barely speak. Do you think he really knew everything? I don't think so. Of course, if you're doing this while I'm talking, you know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing that while I'm talking, you're probably not listening either. Uh, but remember, Jesus said, the devil doesn't want that seed to grow, and he will do anything he can to steal that seed from your mind. The devil doesn't want you asking questions. Beware, my friends, the seed is valuable. It is precious. It is useful. Don't let him steal 
the seed from your heart. Now, there's a second type of person who hears what's said, the sermon, Luke chapter 8. All right, and I'm looking at verse number 13. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And they have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Some of the seed, Jesus said, falls on that rocky soil. There's just a little bit of dirt on top of the ground. And so the seed germinates, and then it begins to grow And when the roots grow down, looking for moisture, all they hit is rock. And so with no moisture, the plant fades away. Jesus said they receive the seed with joy. People say, Eric, I love that sermon. I was happy to hear it. And the seed is gladly received, but the root is shallow. Every plant grows roots so that it can draw out of the ground moisture and nutrients. So how do you get the seed in your heart to grow? Or how do you hear the Word of God and nourish it and develop it in your heart? You need depth. You need depth. Healthy soil. There's things you can do to nourish that seed so that it'll grow and not fade away. Pray. Talk to God. God is not a genie that gives us three wishes. He's a person that you can talk to. Tell him you don't understand. I will tell you this about God. He's easy to get along with. And he makes a good friend. Then read your Bible a little bit every day. It'll help the seed to grow. Then go to church. For encouragement and strength and renewal. These things will nourish the seed and the word of God will grow. If you ignore God, if you avoid your Bible, if you skip church, Jesus says the word of God will dry up inside of your shallow heart. Now, the third kind of person, Luke 8, verse 14. That which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Some people hear the word and they understand it and the seed grows. But there is competition. Sometimes Jesus said it's the cares of this world. It's hard to make ends meet. Or sickness comes along. Relationships are strained. And these things can consume our lives. Or, Jesus said, sometimes it's just making a living. Working extra hours and trying to get ahead. Or sometimes, Jesus says, it's what he calls pleasures. Vacations and trips and movies and shopping and sports and games and camping. So many distractions. You hear the word, it begins to grow, but life is so busy and so full and so demanding that the seed will sprout but be squeezed out by all the competition. 
it will require you to make priorities, decide what's more important, and you may have to pull a few weeds in order for the seed to grow. But now, some of it falls on good ground. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. And I want to look over at Matthew's account, 13, verse 23. He that received the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. The purpose of planting a seed is to have it grow into a plant, right? No. (laughs) The real reason for the plant is to get a harvest. If a plant grows and develops as it should, then it produces a crop. One wheat seed can grow a stalk of wheat. And that may have 30 wheat seeds on that one stalk. But Alvin Smith, the old fella, used to live down the road here, the old farmer, he told me that the field here across from the church grew the best wheat anywhere around. He said, and when one seed germinated, when it grew well, then the roots under the ground would spread. And so instead of one seed making one stalk of wheat, one seed would grow four or five stalks of wheat. And the good heavy soil held moisture and nutrients and made the wheat grow well. So one seed may make not just 30, but double, 60 seeds, or even more, 100 times more. So those who hear God's word and understand it, and nourish it, and treasure it, and live by it, become God's fruitful people. It's not just their own lives that are blessed, but they begin to bless other people's lives. And they unselfishly give what they have to others. And as other people grow and develop and hear God's word, it all multiplies. What happens? The church grows stronger. And people love the Lord. And relationships spread around and blessings grow. And prayers go up. And God responds. And in the end, East Shelby Church has a good, healthy crop. And a great harvest of souls. And we're told that in the end of all time comes a great harvest of those who have heard and accepted the word of God. We sing the old Thanksgiving song, Even so, Lord, quickly come to thy final harvest home. Gather thou thy people in, free from sorrow, free from sin, therefore ever purified in thy presence to abide. Come with all thine angels, come, raise the glorious harvest home. So my friends, together we will plant the seed, Together we will hear it. And Jesus said, honest hearts and good hearts will hear the word of God and let it grow. Get your questions answered. Deepen the soil. Pull the weeds. Let it grow. 
Watch it spread. Let's be fruitful for God. God bless you as you're fruitful for Him. What kind of a listener are you today? I hope your honest heart will hear, grow, and learn from God's Word and develop and bear fruit so that some great day when God harvests the crop and He shall be, the barns will be full. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done for us, for spreading this word. We do our best to do what we can to spread it. May that seed grow in our hearts. May we nourish it, help it along, make sure that we are fruitful to you and in your hand. We look forward to the day when the harvest is all taken And we go together to be in a wonderful place that was prepared just for us. We look forward to each Shelby in heaven. It's more than we do here on earth. And so we're grateful to you that we can believe you, listen to your word, and let it grow in our hearts. May it do that every time we gather, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Closing, I'd like you to turn in your hymn books. Hymn number 573, Come ye thankful people come, talking about the harvest, and someday God will take to heaven, and God will bless us as he does. Standing as we sing. Page 
I close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we ask that our hearts would be set around this, this thought of bringing and, and putting out seed, not only here in this church, but out in our lives, to take it and spread it, to help show others about you, to help bring your word into our lives in all places, that we may speak to others and point them to you. We pray that those seeds would grow and that within ourselves you would help them to grow as well, that we would not let the things of the world take us away or take and snatch the seeds away quickly in our lives, but we would let them root deeply. We would go back and think throughout the week on the things that we have read about, talked about, prayed about, and learned about. We just ask that those things would be true and real in our heart. And as this season comes of summertime, as we start to get prepared, we get ready for open house, we pray that we would see what a great opportunity to plant seeds we have ahead of us, along with so many others. Help us to do it, and do it with joy, and be grateful for what is coming. We're thankful for these opportunities, and we pray that we would have full barns here. We're coming up soon, Lord. Uh, As the end of time comes, we pray that you'd help us prepared be prepared for those things thank you for all that keep us safe bring us back to this place we pray in your name amen